you are now listening to King of the Court Podcast. Podcast season four, episode number eight. And it's probably not, I think we missed seven, but I think this is uh, a seven. We're just gonna skip seven, go straight to eight. Yeah, straight to eight. Uh, seven had COVID. Hilarious. Yeah, everybody got everybody got COVID. Just t- tell them how you dodged COVID. Tell them how you dodged COVID in the hospital system. That's what they want to know. And hygiene, man. And hygiene is very important. Every time I look at uh, sanitizer, I use it. Every time I go inspect the bathroom, I wash my hands. My eyes are itching or anything like that. I got to call if I don't touch my face. I don't touch my eyes. I don't touch my nose. I don't touch my mouth unless my hands are clean. That's the only thing I can tell you. Wear your mask when you're around people. Keep a safe distance. Keep the contact to a minimum. Drink dark liquor. <laughs> Stevie knows the rest. And God dance bless. if you have to. Dance if you have to. I know some people that have used dancing as a Julio. alternative. Shout out to Julio. Julio danced uh, the Rona off. I seen in the same room I got Rona. Julio danced all that shit off. So Damn, the Rona off. Dark liquor. Dance. Don't do anything. You got friends. Don't see them. If you do got friends, don't see them. I got some isolation gowns for niggas, you know what I mean? Fuck, man. <laughs> What's the next event? Whose birthday is coming up next? Ugh. It's none of our birthdays. It's, nah, a, kid, it's a kid's party. It's a kid's guess, party. Guess what? You, oh, no. Nah, we got one. We got one. We got one. We got we Isaiah. Got we got... Yeah. We got Isaiah. And then we got... We all doing a party? Um... <laughs> That's a long time. That's a long time from now. Okay. <laughs> nah, I'm thinking. I'm thinking more vacations now since I got yeah, two kids. Yeah, they the got vacation. same week, same week, same week do in April. In April, it's the worst. It's the worst. They got no school. I know how you feel. My kids' birthdays are uh, fucking week apart, six days apart, and they want expensive stuff now. Oh man. My man called me a brokey just last week. He was like, Dad, Santa didn't get me everything on my list. I was like, so what? He goes, no, it's for Jordan. I'm going to go buy it. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I got the money for it. I'll go buy it. <laughs> so he thinking he calling Santa broke, but he calling me broke. <laughs> sure enough, I took him to the store and he bought it. Go ahead, spend your money. <laughs> go ahead. Go. Now I know who I'm going to call next Christmas and on my birthday. You got money, buddy. That's a fact. Jacob loves Jacob loves a uh, floor and his money at me. But what I do when I give him money is I just give it to him in small bills, so it looks like a lot. I guess he loves the feeling of thinking that he has a lot of money. So 
man's called me last told me last week i cleaned uh yesterday actually he said i cleaned the house where's my money i said what do you mean what money it was my, my allowance i said dude when i go to work you think i get paid in the beginning of the week or the end of the week you got five more days of work buddy the man wants to get paid per day i like man, it though. he started moving slower he started learning <laughs> so i'll clean this by friday pretty smart so we got big trade news. This uh, this kind of lit me up. I didn't even want to post about it in the group chat or, or free production. Fucking bowl, bowl, bowl going Ruder. to the going to the Nuggets. I'll go into the Pistons from the Nuggets. For he wasn't going to get yeah, and a second round pick. That's a that's a big move in my opinion. It shows the Pistons want to try some things out. It shows Denver knows that they got uh, their big men in place and they they don't need them. And Bull Bull, in every instance I've seen him, works really hard on the court. So I'm really looking forward to him. Uh, he, he he has agility. He has handle. He is very, very talented for his body size and his weight. Um, it's just a matter of putting that all together. He's a cross between his dad and Kevin Durant. And that's the funniest thing in the world. I'm just ready to see a, front, a starting front court of Taco Fall and Bull Bull. <laughs> That might be that might break the internet. That might break basketball. If you're not a real basketball fan, that's not what you're looking for. That is exactly what real basketball fans want to see. Some goddamn gimmicks. Taco Fall, Ball Ball, and Zion Williams. <laughs> we want three stakes in there off <laughs> Zion. <laughs> Yo, but Bobo for me is a uh, is one of those players you would get where if you tried to run like a center at point guard in like NBA 2K or video old uh, basketball games where you would just you know what there's no position lock we're just gonna go nuts. This is crazy. Only 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 us. Only when it's us to open up the show with Bobo. Same shit with the same shit our audience needs. We need that two. One for assist. I swear, in summer league, he lights it up. And playing behind uh, Jokic was really great. I thought it was, it was good for his skills. Um, but we got a lot of news going on. We got uh, the inconsistent Knicks. Um, we got the inconsistent Jesus. Lakers. Jesus! Whoa! 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 Buddy, we're on a four-game winning streak. That's still inconsistent. You're still five and, and five in your last ten. And 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 counting, because we're about to play the Grizzlies tonight, and we're gonna beat the dog shit out of them tonight. You I have guarantee. To. That's they're thirteen games over five hundred. The Memphis Grizzlies. Okay, well, we're gonna beat them they're riding, plus tonight. They're riding an eight game winning streak. Ten plus tonight. You willing to put that on Fanduel? Mm-hmm, let's do it. I'm doing DraftKings, by the way, everybody. Big news, big news. The big news I would say yesterday. for New Yorkers, uh, sports gambling and gambling in general is now legal. Yes. Gavin, if you're listening, it's your time, buddy. You'll be getting a phone call soon. I got somebody that knows all about this. He's going to have his own segment. So we will be hitting you up soon. Stay by your phone, my man. That's one thing I need to know is how to turn that $5 into a parlay that could win me $300,000 because the goddamn Lakers need to score two points at the end of the fourth quarter. 
I did pretty that, well yesterday. I won um I won a hundred dollars. I put in a hundred dollars to start with. I only played about twenty five dollars worth of stuff plus the, the twenty five dollar entry. Shout shout out to Stevie for using my link boss. And I ended up winning like fifteen dollars or twenty dollars on something. I won seventy four dollars on the heat. Was I? Right? I was like, oh, this is lit. In the spirit of the mafia. Then I went ten percent. Then I went crazy with the bets. What? <laughs> in the spirit of the mafia, I won 10%. Got you. Got you on the next lick, man. They are. The mafia is hurting right now. Now that sports betting is legal. What were we, um, what, growing up, what was it? Only off-track betting? That's the only thing you can do? Mm-hmm. You had to dodge like six crackheads and six people that sold their damn, uh, pretty much their children for Thanks. gambling tickets. To to get in there or walk past it. <laughs> this shit is so lit now, man. But it's gonna. But this is gonna be. This is gonna be terrible for me. I usually don't, I don't bet on my teams. Well, it's, it's the same thing like fa- fantasy basketball. It's hard picking your favorite players or yeah. players from your favorite team. I don't bet those games or anything like that or whatever. Uh, it makes it it makes it extremely hard to watch those games, and then I feel like it's like bad luck. You don't want to hate your favorite player. I don't. You really don't. I went through uh, I went through this with him in 2014. That's why I, that's why I stopped betting for years. I wouldn't even bet like a dollar on a game. That's what I feel about fantasy. Uh, what was it? I think I learned that lesson like 15 years ago. I drafted Keith Van Horn on the Knicks. Oh wow! <laughs> it was a struggle all season. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Same with you the Giants. Keith Van Horn. Keith. That was the last time I played fantasy opposed from this year. So I think this is going to be uh, horrible for. Uh, it's going to be tough for the Knicks. It's going to be tough. You're going to have fans betting for things. You're going to have fans in their feelings and their emotions. You're going to look at the overs and the unders. You're going to look at the teams for scoring, you know, oh, why did they score that last second point? It ruined the spread for me. I don't know. New Yorkers take things personally. So, yeah, and plus, we don't know how to get things. Um, I can see you guys still being loyal. So, like, it takes off big. Maybe like a I, year or two. Um, Brooklyn is definitely going to be the the site where everyone just is going to go and bet against the Nets or bet, you know, whatever. They already do it anyway when you go to the arena. It might be good for the Nets, though. They might get a little bit more traction, a little bit more fan interaction because they're struggling on the road on the, at home. I know they beat the Spurs today, but they're struggling. They're 500 at home. They're in a dogfight today against the Spurs. It's at home. They're they're the goddamn they're the Knicks at home. Like they almost lost that game in regulation. They were up at like six. They were up like six points with like under a minute to go. They went in overtime. Even in overtime, they were they were struggling. They had a four point lead. They choked it away. Gave the Spurs the last one of the last opportunities to to get the lead. And um, they they just a fucking hell of a shot by Cam Johnson. Yeah, it was. That's and they got lucky. That's twice why I watched these guys play. Well, we were there when James Johnson won the game for them. And um, Cam Johnson. So that's very interesting to see um, how you would game plan for them uh, in the postseason. Let's say if Durant doesn't make a shot or something. Because I haven't seen Harden actually attempt a game winner yet. 
No, no, no. Think about it. At least I, I haven't seen it this season. I haven't seen it. I, he gets you to the fin- he gets you to the finish line, and I yeah, think he I've doesn't K- he doesn't want that. But I've seen them go to Kevin Durant, and then you know KDB unsuccessful. You know, not saying it like oh Kevin Durant can't hit a game winner, but you know just the two times that I've seen it personally unsuccessful. And then the next time they had an opportunity, they did not go to James Harden. I, James Harden they doesn't want the it. Other. They went to the other. What? I, I can you you can't really fault for someone for not having the nerves to steal at the fourth quarter when you have Kevin Durant or a bunch of other players you who still, can potentially hit shots. You still James, bro. That's supposed to be like that's my turn. You think Kyrie waiting? Kyrie's still still the same way though. Kyrie's the same thing of Kevin Durant. They've been to that level, they've performed on the highest level. They don't have that feeling. Honestly, I would protect James from that situation because you don't want it rolling over into a bad, horrible loss of confidence in the games that follows. Even if it's in the regular season, protect James. Protect him. If he has the opportunity to wide open shot, he has to take it. But to put him in orchestrating in the offense and, and having him uh, having a play made up for him, I would protect his ego. I would protect his self-conscious, uh, his, his self-esteem. You know, Honestly. My dad, my dad thinks that he's the, the, the piece to them winning the championship. Like KD, it's not KD. It's not Kyrie. It has to be Harden. I mean, he puts it together. He's the only one that really could play point guard and a uh, dominant scorer yeah, on no, that no. team. Yeah, he can he... play either one's role. If yeah, but... KD's out, he can play that role. If, mm-hmm. if if Kyrie's out, he can play that role. Um, if one of them's not performing or for whatever reason can't can't commit, I think he's that person to bring him over the top. And if he can hit his free throws at the end of the game, he can hit uh, clutch shots at the end of the game, that'll take him up to the next level. But it's protecting that. Now, with them, what, two games behind the Bulls, just in the fight for the top seed in the East, middle of the season, you might not want to wreck his confidence by making him the forefront of that of that shot. Kevin Durant, I don't think Kevin Durant has a conscience. I don't think he loses sleep over, over this shit. I think he cares more about what you say to him than what actually happens on the court. Yeah, he don't give a fuck. Not in January. Yeah. I mean, unless it's do or die and you're going home at the end of the day, he'll take that shot. He'll miss it with pride because he knows what he's capable of. James, at the same time, he was leader on the Rockets, but you know, they fizzled out every time the, the ball was in his hands. And he knows that. He knows it. His team knows it. Nash knows it. And honestly, Nash knows what that feeling's like, where you just can't come up at the big moments at the end of the game. He's he's seen it, where you couldn't get over the hump. If anything, I think Nash is a perfect coach for that type of player. For Harden? Yeah. Teams that just couldn't get over the hump, that had that one thing missing, that had maybe a legendary player blocking them. Or just couldn't beat fucking Kobe Bryant or Tim Duncan for whatever reason it was. Beat Kobe Bryant. Couldn't beat Tim Duncan. And we beat Tim Duncan one year and then we couldn't beat Kobe Bryant. And if oh. you could beat Kobe Bryant, you couldn't beat Tim Duncan. It was either one or the other. Oh man. That's that's a lot. It's a lot to overcome. That's a lot to overcome. Speaking of um circling back to the betting, um, as you see, one of our guys gonna handle the the feedback from our uh from our booing at, at Madison Square Garden, kind of told us to shut the fuck up. He kind of told you. He told you. He told us all. Spent twenty five thousand dollars to tell us to shut the fuck up. That sounds like a Harlem dude to spend that much money to tell somebody to shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's some shit they'll do up to. That's a fact. I'm glad um he that's did a it. New Yorker. I am too. I am too. And I don't want to uh, 
agree with you so much. The only thing is it makes him look insensitive. Not insensitive, but... um, Sensitive. Sensitive, exactly. You know? That's a hell of a response to your home crowd, but... Then again, too, it shows how quickly people turn on you, but how quickly they celebrate you as well. You know, um, you playing bad, you're going to hear the booze. Playing great, you're going to hear the cheers, and you're the best, and you're this, and you're that. Knicks fans got a love-hate relationship with uh, Julius Randle anyway. Our partner who was missing this episode, who was working hard in the streets, making sure that the trash is clear and the roads are clear for us to walk the sidewalks and drive on the roads. I'll tell you this, I've never seen the streets cleaner in my life. <laughs> my boy out there working hard. <laughs> I've never seen so much salt. I brought in salt with me. I got it's like goddamn walking on gravel out there, man. <laughs> goddamn man. Yeah, but he hates Julius Randle and then he loves Julius Randle and now he probably hates him again. You know, but that's um that's everybody in New York, man. It's 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 not it's not an easy place to play. Um Nick you fans can, are stupid. But you can they're get away with fucking you, stupid. But you Nick fans you No, 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 no. You, you Nick fans are fucking stupid. All of you. Yeah. All of you. I'm talking to all of you. This fucking Low Vega's biggest fucking dream. Ooh, let's boo Julius Randle. Low Vega, he was talking to you. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> The fuck up, Low Vega. I'm talking to y'all, y'all Nick fans that want to boo this man who's trying his hardest. You don't know what is going on in his personal life. You don't know what it is to wake up as Julius Randle and have the whole weight of New York on his back. There's a whole fucking max player in fucking Brooklyn, three max players and shit. He won't even take the backs. One can't hit a fucking clutch shot in his life, and one's Kevin fucking Durant, one of the greatest players of all time. You got three greats over there. Nobody gives a fuck about you, but we spend all of our energy on what Julius Randle eats, drinks, shits, fucking believes in, what he shoots in, what he dribbles in, what he fucking spins, when he fucking does a fucking spin move, when he fucking doesn't pass of a double, double. Fucking care about more of his hair being braided than the fact that Kevin Durant hasn't used fucking any product in his hair or his legs in 25 years of fucking playing basketball. Kevin Durant got on the court and said, forget any fucking moisturizer for any part of my body. Kevin Durant just walks around with a toothbrush and a fucking and toothpaste, and that's to be, it. To be confirmed. Yeah, and we're still waiting on confirmation. <laughs> but for all you booing Julius Randle and, and saying that he is the problem with the Knicks, is short-sighted in realizing that we're at the same fucking place we were last year, and now they still fucking game plan on Julius. They didn't game plan on Julius last year. And if you paid attention, I swear every GM coached in Leon Rose and Tibbs a favor by keeping their stars out against the Knicks. We played every team last year without their best player at least half of the season series against every team in the league. So if we played the Raptors, Kawhi sat. If we played the Hornets, Hayward sat. If we played the goddamn Wizards, Beal sat. Celtics, Tatum sat. We had someone sitting every time we played them, and we pulled out wins. Look at it now. People load up against us. It doesn't matter if it's COVID protocols. We're game-planned against us. And we're still young, and we're inconsistent to the point where we have so many pieces that our coach doesn't know what to do with them. Our coach doesn't know how much minutes to play for everybody. So sit back. Fuck up. Let Julius do his thing. Maybe if you cheered him, 
enough times. Give him 10 days of fucking cheers. See how that happens. See, see if he's going to have some positive reactions. Win, lose, or draw. Last, last night, that was your night to boo Julius. That was your night to fucking go off. But too bad. It was in Boston. <laughs> Stevie with the nice little rant. Shout out to my boy, Jay. Jason, what's up? Where that 55 at? <laughs> Big Man. Bum that. that 55 at? Was that, that countdown after every Knicks win? Still possible? What's that countdown after every Knicks win? <laughs> that was funny, though. That was very entertaining, and y'all was hot. Y'all started the season off scorching, man, but now y'all... Uh... I just lost the other day yesterday because I wasn't yeah, playing bad. bad Why y'all on a little Celtics. streak? We played horrible. To, we I we mean, won a couple games. Well, I mean, um, y'all defended the Garden. That's most important because they haven't beat y'all in the Garden this year. So that's good. You can say that. We were trending upwards, but yesterday we scored, I think, 75 points in a game. Yes, yeah, 75. I had Unheard a, of. I had a place to bet on Julius Randle and RJ to combine for points and rebounds, a total of 60, and they failed me miserably. I saw that bet. I wasn't taking that. They Misery. scored. They were too hot. I took the Knicks. The I took. Game. I took the Knicks to score over. I think it was one hundred two. I'm like, oh, they're playing the Celtics. They've been wilding on the Celtics, and they fucking scored seventy five points. <laughs> this is why I can't be a Knicks fan or a Knicks supporter. You guys, let me because you lose bets on them. Julius still our team leader. And if anybody, if you want to boo Julius, then I need you to boo every other player that won't score. That won't grab 10 more rebounds than him. That won't score more points than him. That won't score more assists than him. There's no reason why Julius Randle, if you guys, everybody else on the Knicks are so good. Jericho Sims. Oh, McBride. Grimes. We got to play Dotson. Quickly got to be our point guard. Oh, who the fuck? Toppin needs more minutes. So then Toppin, grab more fucking rebounds. Grab more fucking assists. Grab more fucking points. Because you're not fucking doing it with Julius Randle on the court. So learn how to feed the big man and be in the right position for the big man and communicate with the big man. And then maybe you could talk a little shit. But for now, you guys need fuck a Chauncey, up. You guys need a Chauncey Billups like point guard. Yeah, we do. We do. I do agree with that. We, need like we do need... Right. We need a... a honestly... What we do, and honestly, with Rose, we had that veteran point guard, I felt. But he's still, he's still not as dynamic, and it's still very inconsistent. We don't have someone that can literally give you 15 and 5 without it even looking like they had an impact on the court. And that that's what we're really missing. Um, we're missing a big veteran presence, uh, a big someone who can take a scoring load. And I know Kemba's injured, but... And that's the problem. We burned Kemba out. We played him for a couple games, and <laughs> he got ass. injured. Played this is what's going to happen. He tried too hard. He played his ass off to get back in the rotation. Now look at him. Y'all got no point guard. No, and I don't think we ever will. I think the Knicks just need to trade everybody for a point guard. You, know, just... you know who Tito wants. John... Who does Tito want? John Wall. <laughs> Man, listen, John Wall somewhere drunk in Houston. The worst place they should have put John Wall was in Houston. It was too much vodka. There's too much barbecue. <laughs> I wouldn't really be itching to play neither if I was in Houston. What? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, you're right. Yes, Houston's kind of lit especially outside of basketball. Yeah, especially because he's still getting paid. Yeah, you're absolutely right. 
Yeah, you are absolutely right. Speaking of players who still got paid and didn't play, what do you think of Kyrie Irving's return? Oh, I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought it was like some Batman shit. <laughs> I, I thought they brought him in like a fucking hero who needed him. Then he fucking disappeared. Then you got to go at least a few days without him. Then he comes back in. I thought he played well. I really did. That's I mean, going to be very, very tough at the end of the year going into the postseason. Because if you happen to take a look at their schedule, it's going to be some time before he plays between the end of the season and the postseason. You're going to have him for two nights. And then it's going to be about a week before you see him again. That's going to be tough. Nets versus Portland is $7. You want tickets if you're a Blazers fan. Oh, if if you're going to be in Portland. They're playing Portland tomorrow. Yeah, but still, seven dollars for a ticket. Jesus, I gotta move out of New York. Yo, everywhere, every every stadium is way cheaper than ours, except for the Staples Center. It's a little the crypto crypto arena. Yeah, yeah, catch me calling it that shit. The crypto arena. Where's Snoop? Snoop ain't been there since the crypto. They named it the crypto arena. Nah, Snoop. Snoop went on. Snoop angry. You saw him post earlier in the year. He's he stopped talking. <laughs> It was all happy when Russell Westbrook was th- throwing up the rolling sixties and shit like that, putting up twenty, twenty, twenty. But now he's on, he's on LA. You know, so happy now. He's been playing better as of late. Tremendously, he's been a little more calmer. I don't know what happened. You can speak on that though. Uh, they they've been getting on his ass every day about his turnovers. The media and he's responding. You know, after he had that. Uh... Interview, post game interview, where he said, you know, he's allowed to make mistakes and miss shots and whatnot or whatever. And everybody got on him about it, saying pretty much he treated it like he didn't care and he doesn't get it and this and that or whatever. He's responded pretty well. You know, he followed that up with a no turnover, um, two assist game. Um, then the next game, uh, I forget how many assists he had, but uh, he played fairly well, low turnovers again. Um, you know, it's going to happen, you know, and he's got a lot of usage. Uh, I think he was trying to get comfortable early on in the season. We're not comfortable, we're uncomfortable because he was forcing a lot of shit. Um, but that just comes with knowing your teammates, getting them getting comfortable with um, you, you know, your play style, uh, your speed, you know, whatnot. He slowed it down. Um, I'll tell you one thing, he looks a lot better with just him and LeBron in the lineup. But then he also looks a lot better when it's just him and AD in the lineup. Which is exactly why I wanted him to play the bulk of his minutes with the second unit, or you know, when it's one of them against the second unit. If that makes sense, I thought that would be the perfect thing to do early on in the season, and um, let's see if that translates when Anthony Davis finally comes back. But while we're speaking about uh, two superstars playing together, let's talk about LeBron James's transition at 37 years old to playing starting center. It's smart. Five and zero with LeBron at the center. It's smart. He has uh, he has the advantage, and his stats were absurd. High re- high rebounds, high um, high shooting percentage. I mean, with the center position being a lot smaller than it used to be, um, you get a lot of advantages with him at the center. Here's what we overlooked, and what everybody overlooks. And I told Tito, I'm going to start this up again. This man should be nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. It's 
going to go overlooked because the the chase down block is just a part of the act. It's part of the show. When you go see LeBron play, you're going to see the chase down. You're going to see the the steal and the breakaway dunk. You're going to get the the step back or the the, the sidestep to the left three. You get a lot of stuff that you see normally that you take for granted. That it's just like it, it, it's 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 like part of the act when you go watch him play. All of these things happen every time LeBron plays, and you get so used to it that you overlook this shit that you don't even realize this is a stat. And not enough, yeah. a stat. All right, this man had four blocks and three steals the other night. I and the thing is, for defensive player of the year, it it for me is the number one uh, uh, award that you cannot give. If you don't watch basketball, if you're not watching them play and you're going based off blocks and steals, it is something that you really do not take in, into account the defensive effort, just overall possessions. And if you looked at blocks and steals, it's something that you really can't really gauge. You can look at someone's overall team record, their points, their rebounds, their assists, and say that motherfucker's the MVP. For defensive play of the year, you can get lazy and look at blocks. But look at Draymond every year. Draymond's never, like, in the top five in blocks. I don't even think he's barely even in the top 15 in blocks or steals. You know? And we know. We look at him. He's a fucking defensive player of the year candidate every year. Hey, he's... Every single year. You can say he looks like he's running the ring with it this year. But um, the Lakers' record don't reflect the defense that he's been playing the whole season before he started playing five. This has nothing to do with Brown Bias. If you go look at my tweets from the beginning of the season... I've been saying it since then because they're not they don't highlight his defensive efforts. They called him out for playing defense one year since AD's been playing and he's been back to playing defense again. Um, from blocking shots to um being disruptive in the passing lanes, tip passes, because that's a well not an official stat, but they have that. Um actual steals, uh did I say taking charges and all of that? Uh he's he's been he's helped defense. He's getting overlooked for the defense that he's playing. We know we see all the amazing things that he does on the offensive end. At 37, he's still dunking. Shooting looks like it's improved. His field goal percentage is up. His free throw percentage is up. He, all, all this amazing shit that he does on the offensive end. But his defense is being very overlooked. Very, very, very overlooked. And you would even think, and shout out to Carmelo Anthony, because Melo's out there playing his hardest defense too when they're in the lineup together and they're playing the four and the five. And that's crazy. That you got two guys who played small forward their whole lives. They're playing the four and the five at 37 years old, and they're holding their own. Yeah, well, they I they aged out to be a wing. They aged out to be a wing, and they're, they're smart to realize that. They're fours, they're fives now. NBA's gotten smaller. Still, no, 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 no. Bron's still a three. He's still a three. He's still a three. Yeah, but he's if he's a, a three, three, he's playing he's the five out of necessity. The th- no, the three is going to expose him. The three Who's exposes expose him. him. His lack of defense. He burns himself out playing the three. That's when you get LeBron trotting across the uh, uh, across the room. That's why you get LeBron not playing, running back on defense. That's when you get LeBron slowing down on offense. Now he is, he's there. He's not. He's. He's more of a – he's an overcharged Vladi Divac. Do you know that when it's him, A.D., Dwight, and Avery Bradley out there, they stop damn near everything with him playing the three? Yeah, but they're still going to be – if anything, at their best, they're going to be up six points. So you're not going to bring points up the court. 
You're not going to bring baskets. And they're, they're in dogfights every night because of that. You put LeBron at the three, you get exposed. You put Melo at the three, you get exposed. And they know that. You put them at the five, you have an advantage. You're not playing your your slow-moving fives, your, your outside threats. Even then, LeBron's guarding them. And what are you doing when you got someone as nimble, someone as strong, and someone who jump as high as LeBron at the five? That's fucking your whole game up, especially if you're trying to play inside out or if you're trying to stretch that big man to the outside. LeBron's guarding that with ease. <laughs> Dwight can't step out there. Um, no, none of the Lakers centers can step out there. They can't step out, but LeBron can. And then you got a four, uh, mellow at the four. That's perfect. And now they're playing against slower players, so it's making up for their speed. They have strength, and they also have the knowledge of playing for what eighteen seasons. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 even worse. It's at an advantage for the Lakers playing them at those positions. They're big guys. They're not small guys. They have the big, they have the body strength. As long as they can bang with the guy, there's no post threats either. If they were getting thrown into the post uh, as defensive players, they'd be getting worn out. There's only a handful of teams where they're going to get worn out playing the five, but even then they're going to expose the gold bears. They're going to expose the big men, the dominant big men in the league. They're, you know, maybe the biggest trouble they'll have was in Embiid at the five. It's a cheat and, code. It's a cheat code. We haven't played that good. Well, we haven't seen the um, Jokic and the uh, Embiid's in the world yet. We haven't matched up with those guys yet. Um, even playing, like you said, Gobert. Even though Gobert is not much of a post threat, really. But um, still a big body, so we'll see how that works out. Um, speaking of returns, Lance Stevenson is back, ladies and gentlemen. Lance is all the way back, as Tito said yesterday. Don't agree? Uh, I, um, I mean, can you do it for eighty-two games? It's eighty-two. It's not even eighty-two games left in the season. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you who's pissed off. I'm pissed off. I said we gave fucking Darren Collison. And Isaiah Thomas, no offense to Isaiah Thomas. It's just, uh, I hope you find the home. I've been saying it. But it just wasn't going to work on the Lakers. It was worth a shot. It's just, we, we know that wasn't going to work. Um, the fuck? You had Lance out there, and y'all didn't want to bring Lance back? You brought everybody else back. You didn't want to bring Lance back? No. Too many you playmakers, br- not enough shooters. You- what? It's, so it's what the, the hell did you thing. sign Isaiah Thomas for? What the hell did you sign Darren Collison for to, to a 10-day? They should go out there, still play decent defense, still going out there and play making. We can make an open shot. It's instant offense in the, in the open court. Like, what the fuck? If you're going to give anybody I, a 10-day, you should he should have been the first person. I agree. And I, I thought it may have been the playmaker thing where he's not a scorer. He's more of an overall thing. It's a one maybe fiftieth of what LeBron can bring to the table. Uh, you kind of have a duplicate skill set, but if you're going to do that with players, why keep signing Rondos, Westbrooks, and these these uh, smaller players? I would rather have that in a bigger wing, where you can play, you know, multiple positions. You can play in the wing, and that's one thing the Lakers are suffering with their wing players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really, I just think it's just apprehensiveness. But I also don't understand this. The NBA has this weird 
if you're out the league, we don't want you back feeling with a lot of players. Like you saw a lot of players come back off 10 days that were like, wait, why weren't they on a goddamn contract? But then, you know, I, I just don't understand what goes on to some of these GMs. Politics, locker room, uh, character quality, I don't know. But I, I do know you had Lance Stevenson busting ass this week. Yeah. Man, like he money in a quarter. Maybe Rick Carlisle's trust on the player. Yeah, twenty and if a you still had fourteen Rick, last night. If you still had Rick on the Lakers, maybe you would have that situation. Maybe he would have signed. But I also know Palinka, I, I just I don't have too much confidence. He pulled off some great moves, but I don't have confidence in Palinka's small moves. Well, let's see if we can still get Sir Jeremiah Grant. Because right now there would be in the next thirty days, you guys have to pull off a move for someone that can take you over the top. And I'm not saying you need a a hard end. I'm not saying you need a superstar or even a star. But there's a role player that needs to play as a central role for the Lakers in order to take it to the next level. Jeremiah Grant. And hopefully that can be the case. There's a lot of players available right now, but everyone's scared to pull the trigger, and I don't understand it. A couple Jeremiah. years ago. You think Detroit. Jeremy Grant's that, that that option? Yeah, pick up the phone, Detroit. To offer you some pieces. That's tough. Pick up the phone. But the big news of the night, and the big news of the NBA this week, is the boy is back in Golden State. The 29 and 9 Warriors get whoa, their second whoa, best player. Whoa, 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 whoa. What? First of all, he's not. Well, he'll be back by the time you guys hear this. Luca's back. What the hell are you? Oh my god! Luca's back from what? COVID restrictions? The bias on this show is something else. Luca was out for like ten days, and they still were kind of bullshit. Luca's Luca's been back. They've been looking impressive since Luca's been back. Bron's been back. And my favorite warrior of all time, Clay Thompson, will be back in about two hours. I don't know if there's anybody that hates Clay Thompson. If you do hate Clay Thompson, please reach out to King of the Court Podcast on on uh, Twitter and Instagram and let us know if you don't like Clay Thompson. I am still looking for one person that does not like Clay Thompson. Older people who favor Reggie Miller don't like Clay Thompson. Holy shit, he plays defense. <laughs> Fucking Reggie used to cheat in the passing lanes. That was a big thing that people stopped doing was overpraising steals as a as a stat. Like you're not just fucking cheating in the passing lanes all day and giving up buckets. Yeah. Um What do you think catch- for the Warriors though? Do you think Clay's gonna come back to uh maybe I can't I can't judge him until about February. I mean, he has the and, right mindset. And They're... shit. Oh, shit. I'm we're in the ninth day of damn January. I'm thinking like it's still December. Yeah, I'll give him until like All-Star break on Valentine's Day. Like a good month. Month and a half before I say anything about him. It's going to be a lot um, going on tonight. It's going to be a lot of emotions. He's going to have to get back in shape. There's going to be a lot of getting in rhythm, getting familiar with your new two, your new teammates now, um, getting familiar with the speed of the game now. The speed of the game might have increased the pace 
of the game has increased. Um, also getting familiar with the new guys that's in the league now, not just on your team, but the guys you can be playing against. There was no Job Morant. There was no Zion. There was no RJ. There was no few guys out there that, you know, yeah, they, they, they're, they're, took the they're, leap. they're doing their thing now. Some guys, you know, look, look at fucking DeRozan. DeRozan's an MVP, you know. Giannis was a monster, but Giannis is a fucking absolute monster now, you know. Um, Players like Darius Garland. Yeah, you know, you got you got guys you got it's playing them tonight. There's guys you got to watch out for. Evan Mobley now, you know, it's a little, a little different. That's a good Cleveland team. I, I, I like I liked what they're doing, and I, I like – the Warriors playing matching up against a good team. You went from seeing Kevin Love every year in the NBA Finals for about you know two years, three years, damn near, to um, him coming off the bench for the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight. So it's very interesting. I'm very patient with Clay, man. So it's my favorite Warrior. Um, he gets overlooked a lot in conversations. I don't know why people choose pick and choose when they want to praise him. But, uh, Defense is going to be tough, and I know he brought that to the table. It's one of the more underrated things, the underrated thing about the Golden State. Defen- defensively, he's going to defensively. I think he's going to be good. I don't even think he's going to have to be as stellar as he once was on defense. Uh, maybe till later on, and if he does, that makes him even more dangerous because uh, Andrew Wiggins is no fucking slouch on defense. No, not at all. And it's that effort of knowing you can be a little lazier on offense. Yeah. Because you have such a a, a great player uh, playing on offense behind you, yeah, yeah. he's no slouch on the he's no slouch on defense. Still got but it's cardio, there. it's cardio, it's tough, and I think that's going to affect him a lot. I really differ on opinions with you on uh, defense. I think defense is going to be one of the harder things. It's going to be an insult. It's going to be a lot of uh, struggles because for for me and for what I see, defense is something you you pride yourself on. If you're not proud of yourself on defense, if you can't make that commitment or if you're not fast enough, it kind of will get stuck in your head. You you hit a shot, you miss a shot, you're a shooter, you're going to keep shooting. They have that in their head. Mm-hmm. But when you struggle on defense and you don't have that same body uh, twitch, same lateral movement that you had in before us because of your leg injuries, age, um, I think that's going to weigh down on you. And I think that's going to be one of his biggest struggles to overcome is yeah, – He's going to rely too much on his teammates for defense when you're a proud all-NBA and kind of live in the shadow of, you know, uh, offensively living in the shadow of Steph, defensively living in the shadow of uh, Draymond. So if your shots or your defense start start sputtering, I think it's going to weigh a lot on Clay. Um, well, that's what I was kind of saying pretty much in a nutshell, that um, with the difference in the guys being in the league now um, – it's gonna be a lot to overcome, but I'm I'm, I'm confident he's gonna be alright. I'm confident in that um that organization and that coaching staff where he's gonna be protected. You know, I think they're aware of that. I believe he's aware of it. Um, it's gonna come down to focus and effort. That's it, you know, and the, the team scheme. And I think I think he's gonna be fine. Like I said, I'm, I'm not gonna judge him at all until February. I'll be rooting for him whenever he plays great. Trust me, you will hear from me about it, but. He has some, you know, a few bad games or whatever, or it looks like he's just coming along. I'm just, you know, cool about it. Do you see the team suffering in with the next back, few games? With him yeah. back? Uh, that with them trying to work him in, yeah, maybe. When, that's why I said, too, when him and Weissman comes back, if they would have came back fucking December, yeah, you know, trying to work them into what they have now with the team's success because now it's about the guys who have been playing certain minutes. How are they going to respond, you know, when their minutes get cut? You know, when yeah. their roles are minimized, you know, how how is there going to be their response, you know? 
you know, shot shot selection. Maybe you're going to be out there with somebody who operates, you know, on the same spaces on the court that you like to operate. Now, Clay's back, you know, it may disrupt your rhythm, or vice versa, it may disrupt his rhythm. So, um, like I said, I give it, I give it some time. You know, I give it, I give it some time. Yeah, I, it's it's absurd how Gary Payton the second was uh, came into them. What uh, just? How did he get to the Warriors? Huge role. Now he's gonna get a lot of minutes cut. Well, we'll see. You know, I was saying that, but we'll see. You know, I'm um, I'm being. I can't believe they're able to do that. Very, very patient. Uh, Dirk Nowinski's jersey retirement. How do you feel, Sean? What do you mean? You think I'm supposed to feel some way because they beat my boy for a championship? I always like that. Uh, that is the biggest blemish on your record, on the uh, on the Heat's record, on LeBron's record. But uh, it, it's always going to be because people just fail to overlook how great that team actually was, you know, because you didn't get the dominant LeBron, you know, um, that we thought that we were going to see. But that's they they never credit the Dallas Mavericks for that. For instance, to say a million things about how you know, what LeBron could have did and he didn't do this and he didn't do that or whatever before you credit anything about the Dallas Mavericks. Like I said, go look at that fucking team. Go look at that roster. Anybody's got a chance to right now. We're not going to bring it up. I'm not going to argue. You don't want to do it today, tomorrow, whatever. It's you a play. perfect storm, perfect roster. Go look, go look, go look, go look at their roster and then go look at what they had to do or who they beat before they got to the NBA Finals. And then, you know, that doesn't change your mind about them a little bit, then nothing will. That's the thing. It's always who you play in the second and third round that really builds the character. Okay. Honestly, I think it starts at the first round. Uh, your NBA Finals path always starts at that first round, and it all determines. If you have a weak opponent in the first round, a lot of times you you may fizzle out unless you're you know a LeBron James team or a Michael Jordan team. Um, but if you have an easy team in the first round, it does not bode well for your the rest of your playoff run. Mm-hmm. Um, Turk. Yeah, I don't know if we're ever going to get a player like Dirk again in the league. I know we got Jokic. We're used to Jokic we're, because of Dirk. It doesn't surprise us. On an international level or you just mean from that Just position? overall playmaking, shooting, fine touch, um, high high post jump shot, uh, a just his overall skill set, I think, with being able to be a big man, a foreigner, and just being able to play with uh, team basketball and be be that good for so long, you know, whether it's your team. And, and it wasn't like the Mavericks had the greatest GMs and the greatest, you know, franchise in the world of putting things together. But you had players like him, Duncan, uh, Kobe. Um, that was a generation of we're going to put the team first. We're going to do whatever we can. We're going to lose sleep. These were These were players that, their their greatness shown on the court, off the court, just every single night. They didn't take games off. They didn't take any playoff. They they dealt with their lumps. They got embarrassed in the playoffs, but they still came back every year. I I don't know. There's something about Dirk, Duncan, and Kobe, and that that three was that error. Where I don't think we're ever gonna get that back. So seeing Duncan, uh, Dirk retired, his jersey retired. I think Just it was Steph Curry right thing. now. Steph Curry's the game changer. That's the next evolution in it. That's the next evolution. But Steph also makes it look too easy. Steph makes it look too easy. When you see Steph lose, you start thinking, 
damn, Kawhi did good, or Steph yeah. didn't happen. But you got for, Steph and you got Giannis right now. Steph's never had heartbreak like Dirk did. Oh yeah, because blowing a three-one lead in the NBA Finals is a heartbreak. Losing in the first round. They lost in the. They didn't even make the play-in last year. What do you think he's been wild like things with Payton? Started the year off the way he was. They lost the That's fucking. Still not as heartbreaking. It's still not as struggling. There were so many excuses for them. They don't have Clay Thompson. They don't have their team together. They don't. Okay. They're missing some pieces. Okay. You still had those moments, but you didn't collapse in the finals up 2-0. You didn't lose in the first round to the upstart Warriors. You didn't have to struggle against Duncan every single year. Who did who did the Warriors have to struggle against? James Harden that one year or the OKC Thunder three three players that one year? You didn't have that. With Dirk, you had massive heartbreak. Yeah. Steph Nevers reached that level. He won two championships or won a championship, but then followed up winning two more with the Warriors back to back. So you had that. He's got you had the... that redemption. Mm-hmm. Dirk struggled. Duncan struggled. Uh, Kobe struggled. You saw all of their struggles. And then you seen them reach the promised land. Then you seen them struggle again afterwards. But then you seen them still light you up. I don't know. That generation, I don't know. We're we're gonna look back on it and not realize how, how great we had it with the players we had. You got, 11, you got eleven you got eleven championships from those three guys. I I, I don't know. I think the two thousands might have been some of the best most underrated era of basketball ever because of the shadow Mike left and the shadow that LeBron was providing in the two thousand tens. I I I personally believe that that was a great Great, great era of basketball. And that's when I started to say um, more now that our era of basketball is better. But you know, uh, we sound old saying it. Yeah, of course, you know, because they got the new guys here. And I, I'll be honest with you, our last postseason, you guys even heard me say in the show, I am ecstatic to see what the future holds. Um, if any of these guys decide to hang it up after this season and retire, our our vets or whatever, whatnot. I'm more than confident that these young guys can carry the league on and off the court. I'm a little worried on the flip side. No. I'm a little worried. I don't see a superstar on the level of Dirk, Tim Duncan, or Kobe Bryant in the NBA right now. Besides, besides Giannis, and I'm not going to count the LeBrons and all of those players right now. They're they're on their way out. I I, I just I don't see it. I don't see it. You have Giannis. You have Giannis right now. It's very rare. It's not. It's, come on, you're not gonna. Fly. If anything, Giannis is Giannis is Dirk. Five or ten of them. You got Giannis. You know, um, D Book's got to win one, but he's quiet. You know, I wish he would be more, um, more vocal. I wish you could see more of him off the court. I think that would do a lot for him. Um, hell, I think it would do a lot for him in the sense of it may not make sense now, but even people wanting to go play over there, you know. Donovan Mitchell could potentially be one of them. Um, Joel Embiid is one of them. You know, something um, about Philly just seems so musty since Allen uh, Iverson left. They don't know how to push their stars. Mark Joel Embiid should be on the cover of everything, in my opinion. 
with the numbers he puts up, with the his personality. How? He should be everywhere. Yeah, but how? You got Giannis. Even Giannis. Even Giannis. I, I don't see him everywhere as a prevalent. Because LeBron James is still in the league. It's 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 like everybody's just like waiting at the edge for LeBron to retire, for them to take over the league when the league should be right there in front of them for the taking. He's I hate the to, NBA I hate, MVP. I hate he to be the, this guy, right? But the NBA's page on Instagram has um, 62 million followers, right? LeBron James has 108 million followers. I understand that. And the just, NBA needs to do better at marketing. Some of the, just, some of their top top players. It's like the moment Zion so, got so, into the NBA, so, so, it's okay, like he pe- lost pe- his luster. Pe- people are gonna wait when the fucking top guy in the league almost doubles the amount of followers the entire league has. Gotta wait your turn. But then you got Luca waiting the wings. You got Trey waiting the wings. You got Lamelo waiting the wings. You got. All these players, Luca playing. Ja. Ja. That's why I said the league is in good hands. The Jazz can win 100. The Jazz can be 82 and 1, and no one's going to give a fuck about the Jazz or Donovan Mitchell. The league is in great hands, man. I I am, like I said, I am more than confident with what I've seen last year with them introducing the play in as well. Um, The three best players Tatum, Tatum and Brown will get it together eventually, or they'll split the team up, or whatever the case may be. Um, Dame looks very young, but I forget. Shit, Dame is fucking. Dame's like forty years old. Dame's like Jordan and the Wizards right now. You know, but um, even still, him, there's still time for him to uh get on a championship squad by the time he's about thirty-five and um want a ring or something like that. But the league's in good hands, man. Every year, this. Like look like look at the freaking look at the freaking draft class that just came in this year. Those guys are damn good, man. Yeah, they are good. <laughs> Wagner? I like Wagner, man. Bronze Wagner's like good, you know, fucking Evan Mobley. Um Scotty. Scotty Barnes. Uh Duarte kid. looks good too when he plays. I was calling him Durante. <laughs> Durante? <laughs> Yo, uh, Dominican Durant. <laughs> shout out to black people pronouncing uh, Spanish names. I, just I was playing that. him in 2K the other day, furious. Like, come on, Durante. <laughs> I just want to say that, man. Even though I know it's Durante, but you know, I'm sorry. Shout out Durante. to black people pronouncing Pollo. <laughs> Are you supposed to say it, CB? Nah, don't ask me, man. I'm Puerto Rican. I don't speak Spanish. <laughs> uh, we know what it sounds like in our heads, but we can't say it. You know, so the league's, like I said, the league's in good hands, man. They're leaving out a few people. Cade Cunningham's coming along. Jalen Green's my personal favorite. He's coming along. Kevin Porter Jr. Oh, speaking of Kevin Porter Jr., did you hear what that announcement said? Your father... Pull the trigger on time, just like your father. Yeah, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. That was a mistake. That was an honest mistake. That was an honest nah, mistake. That was an honest nah, mistake. That was an honest mistake. Nah, that was nah. an honest mistake. That when was you, honest. Yeah, when you got a Kevin Porter, Kevin Porter who played basketball, was an and you mistake. have a Kevin Porter who actually shot a child in the nineties, you gotta do your research. 
I don't give a shit. If you know, listen, anytime you're about to call talk about somebody's father, you got to Google that shit and say, did this person's father shoot somebody? His dad got killed when he was four years old. Yeah, but his dad also shot somebody, I think. At like when he was in the 90s, he shot like a kid by accident. But they also had a Kevin Porter who played also as well. Yeah. That's what you got to know the was. difference. Well, he didn't. And that's why I said that was an honest mistake. I believe it. I don't think you would have went to the extremes like that. That was definitely one of those he didn't fact check. Guilty of manslaughter of a teenager. Damn, you went and looked it up right now? You damn right I did. <laughs> that shit, dogs, that shit is fucked up. I don't care what you are. Do your research. Do your homework. Your job is to do your homework. Honestly, like, we got the most oldest, senile dude in the world. Walt Frazier sometimes be butchering shit and just be talking about the old days with Bill Bradley. But you'll never hear him talk about when someone's father shot somebody. (laughs) And how you shooting a three-pointer at the buzzer is comparable to shooting a teenager in 93. Oh my god. Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood were suspended uh, for refusing. Well, I think Kevin Porter Jr. refused to go back in the game. I believe he left. No, Christian Wood refused to play. And um, Kevin Porter Jr. dipped. And then he came back and then he he did that. <laughs> yeah, he came back and he shot he shot someone just like his father was. Nah, I'm done. I'm done here. Uh <laughs> uh Oh. Did you see the uh Nurkic and Tyler Harrow confrontation? Yeah, he punched him in the fucking face. <laughs> someone should have been punching Tyler Harrow in the face a long time ago. Oh light jab. No, uh, don't 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 run at me at full force. When you're six foot one, he something, him. it pushed me. That's how Marky, uh, the Morris, which one's the Miami Morris? Markeith. Markeith, yeah. We're going we're gonna to get that. Keith coming back. Yeah, after 30 games. That's how you get injured. No, Keith I'm going to punch you in the face. Keith, Dude, coming if, back. Keith coming back. You heard what he said? He said his injury is real. He said he had a 300 pound sloppy fat boy <laughs> running, hit him in the back. Without question, he should have been injured. That's a, it's, it's a long way to be out, and that's a big dude running at you. But don't fucking don't pretend like you didn't fucking push him in his back and fucking instigate that shit too. That was a hard ass foul. Oh, just because the ball was in his hands and the ball wasn't in your hands, it is true. If you have the ball in your hands, you kind of expect to get hit, tackled. Someone's gonna touch you. If you don't have the ball in your hands, you kind of, your guard's kind of going to be a little more down. So I understand him being injured for that long. But if I got pushed by somebody on the court and I seen Tyler Hero's face, I'm swinging on that shit. You ever seen his fucking um his training video? Chill. You, you, I'm swinging you, right you, at that. You might have got better. Uppercut. You might have got better. You might have got better. Nah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta uh, ride for JT on this one. A lot of time has passed since that video. Tyler Harrow got the most punchable face in the NBA. That's a lot of time between that video and training. He better have gotten better. I want to see an updated training. What is he going to do? He might have been been waiting to use it. He couldn't use it against Nurkic. 
That long ass uppercut. <laughs> he might have been waiting to use it. A lot of time passed since that training video. Um, I wanted to save this, but it's just us. So we're going to have to go over this, even though I hate coming back sometimes to play as we already discussed. But what do you feel about Arrow Harrington's comments about LeBron James dominating his little bros? Um, Actually, refresh me on that. Oh, you didn't hear that? No, I didn't. So apparently he made a comment um, in reference to the players that Jordan dominated during his era and that LeBron James dominated his little bros in his era. Oh, yeah, I, I did. It was more of a dominating players. Now, all of these players are his little brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, in Jordan's era, they, they didn't fuck with each other. There was no homeboys in the offseason. So Which now he's lot. just dominating his little brothers. Yeah, because a, a whole bunch of guys that didn't come back and play fucking basketball with Michael Jordan on a set of Space Jam. There was no social media, you idiots. That's why. So you didn't see that LeBron uh, Jordan was drunk with Oak. You... That shit was the biggest fucking thing I heard when I was growing up as a kid. Was the fact that Oakley and Jordan were best friends. And when I watched the Bulls versus Knicks, I would have never fucking known that. Mm-hmm. You would hear about it when they would get into like the high-level Eastern Conference Finals. Oakley and Jordan like each other. But these motherfuckers would be out every single night. Even if they didn't play each other. If they was in close vicinity of each other on that offseason... It was hands off. Everybody was going to drink, play cards, and bullshit with each other. Who has the so, hardest fouls on LeBron James in the league by far? Hardest fouls on LeBron? Mm-hmm. What? Just overall, or this? Or, year? Just, or or just in general? Who? Which which player would you say that has some of the most memorable fouls on LeBron? I would That's say members reviewable. Of the, reviewable. The Pistons. Okay, back then. But more recently, more recently, um. Honestly, I would say the Spurs. Straight on green. Yeah, and that's one of his closest friends. Okay. It's one of his closest friends in the NBA. Okay. So yeah, little bros are not. And that that was honestly, Draymond and LeBron was close to the equivalent of uh, Jordan and Oakley that I, I ever seen. When I saw them working together, I was like, oh, wait, they got the same fucking agents. They get, they're in fucking uh, shows together. They're doing all of these things together. They slander each other. They give each other shit. But they also respect each other and talk to each other. I just wanted to know where that was a crime in, in, in the game. I just no, always it's wanted, not. I just always wanted to know that. Why, like, why was that a crime? They're a little more friendly and maybe because we see it and there's more uh, outside opportunities. Jordan wasn't bringing people along to the Gatorade commercials. Jordan wasn't bringing everybody along to the sneakers. Jordan was putting, but also Jordan was little bro and Ray Allen, uh, little bro and Eddie jo- Eddie Jones. He was little bro and a lot of players coming into the league. They were coming in signed to Jordan and having to play Jordan at the same fucking time. I mean, I always felt that when I played against my friends, um, whether it was a neighborhood and tournaments, wherever that uh, we played harder against each other. You actually wanted to. Not even just win, but we wanted to beat each other's ass. You you can accept the apology on a hard foul. You would hit me back with a hard of foul. Of course, of course. You know, um, I actually think we, like I said, we played harder against one another just because of that competitive spirit. You don't see it now because it doesn't look like they want to kill one another because you fucking can't. You get suspended for crossing a line, 
which is like freaking the fans fuck you yeah you know it gets suspended did somebody gets into a little altercation and you fucking stand up and your tippy toe goes on the court it's over you're getting suspended for a game so it's it's a lot more discipline than you know when they used to play back then and it's it's, un, it's unfair they were um, a little saltier back I, then though i, I, mean, I think uh, i think those role players were a little saltier instead of in awe of lebron a lot of those players were coming into camps with LeBron. Mike wasn't putting on camps for, for all these fucking players coming out of the mid-90s. He was kind of trying to crush their careers before it even started. Yeah. There was a little bit of a difference. LeBron is more I, – I, I can't even compare it in the league. It's more like a, a in rap with Drake, where Drake would just put somebody on a track or jump on that someone's track, and next thing that person got notoriety – LeBron kind of gives them notoriety. He gives them the rub. Michael Jordan, if you compared me to Michael, if Jordan was compared to anybody, he was looking to fucking kill them the first game. Even as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old coming into the league, LeBron was looking to kill them. I mean, Jordan was looking to kill them and squash their careers. There was a little bit of a difference. There was a note. He wasn't letting any two-guard come out of the league and come – comparable to him until 96 when Kobe dropped. So there was much, nobody. He killed so, every two guard it's so for like much, 10 years. It, that, that, that's very true. I always said that there was, there was a huge gap between him and his composition, competition at his position. Um, but, the best, but, the, but the best position in the league was the big man at the time. You know, there was the four and the five. During that time period, you know, it wasn't any twos. It was him and Gap, then Clyde Drexler, you know, and whoever else. And even the then, he Glenn Rice. Looked Clyde. He wanted to kill Glyde every step yeah. of the way. Yeah, Glenn, yeah. he hurt Glenn every step of the way. Yeah. He didn't let Glenn shine nowhere near what he could have. Yeah, you know, so it was, you know, it was um that, and that's kudos to him for being a monster like that. They're just making sure that there's no comparison. Shit, you had players 6'4", Nick looking to play power forward because they knew Mike was in the league. Mm-hmm. You had players 6'6 six, six saying, no, I'm a fucking power forward it's because just diff- Mike was it, in the league. It's just different. One guy just, you know, stone-faced killer, and the other guy's got the biggest smile in the world. And <laughs> both of them get the job done regardless. You know, doesn't I, matter. I, he does. I think he allows players to shine more so, though. He doesn't cool. look to kill them. Uh, LeBron, I think he let but the fucked up thing is, and people don't realize that LeBron lets players build up so he can kill them too. Yeah, well, the bigger know. the hunt, the bigger the game, the bigger the hunt, the bigger the notoriety is. So LeBron Mike might crush your career before you even have a chance to get any shine. LeBron will let you get shine just so he can fucking kill you. And that may be a bigger that may be a bigger hunter than you know than LeBron is. So well, it well, may be points in his favor. Well, shout out to you for um Using that type of psychology because most people don't see the game that way. Um, it's like wrestling. It's it's like competitive uh, competitive fighting. You don't want to see your opponent's trash. You want to say your opponent's great. It looks better when you beat their ass. It looks so much better when you beat their they, ass. I mean, but they are. You know, I just my whole thing that just would be for years is that I, I just say everybody just be as tough as you are on this guy when you're comparing him or when you're comparing these players to him. And then they fall flat on their face. They're just mad he's friends with Mello, honestly. You know, just 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 uh just have that same energy. Just realize that this guy's in his nineteenth season. 
and he's been the best player amongst his peers for over 20 years. I do think there should have been a little bit more hatred to Durant, though. Why? I don't know. They're two separate. I just think it'll be you a gotta, better storyline. You, you, you got you to look at right? You got to look at one guy who came in with a huge amount of pressure, who handled it well, that fucking interview to this day uh, about him, you know, saying, you know, there's no pressure. At fucking 18 years old, whether he wrote it, his PR team put that together or whatever, the way he conducted himself. Or in that, you know, during that interview about pressure and how he's handled it throughout his career, it's fucking phenomenal. But you also got to look is that he took all of that so everybody else doesn't have to. And they don't. They don't. They don't get it. Nobody else gets it like he does. He still gets it now. He's 19, he's 37 years old. He still gets it the worst. Nobody gets it like how he's got it since he's been in the league. That's the thing. No one, no one gets that criticism. And that's so why I say everybody's just waiting. Even, like, you got to look like he's our first social media superstar. Yeah. You know, he's the first one, in, you know, in, in this era, and he's handled it well. Regular media, social media, whatever the case may be, you know, he's handled it well to a, in the sense where now everybody don't, everybody's not going to get it like he does. You know, it's not even going to come close. And then you know, I think that's why, you know, um, also, too, why he's doing a lot of things that players tend to do, great players are tended to do once they're done competing. You know, all right, man, you want to learn how to, you know, you, you want to get your business off the ground? All right, come holler at me. You know, you decide this here, this is here. You think you deserve more of the deal? All right, come to clutch. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll hold you down. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know what? All right, towards the end of your career, you want a contract, you want to come up, become Rinder's Ring? All right, come over here. You know, like, he does so much for him. I always say his greatest assist is off the court. It's not on the court. His greatest assist is all off the court work. And he's doing off the court work while he's still killing on the court. You know, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, there's there is no there's no protege of his yet. There's nobody that he's trained yet when you say, Oh, look at all the guys He's when is, he, there's no time for him to sit up here. There's a difference when you're playing with me or training with me than when I'm physically training you. Now you now now I'm not a threat anymore to the game or whatever the case may be, and y'all not trying to beat my ass, so I don't think that y'all could you know could take me out. I'm still a top dog, and now I got the time to put everything into somebody else. You haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen yeah, it. Yet. You got a bunch of guys in the league who watched him play, and they're inspired by him. Their games kind of reflect some of his. You know, they go to him for whatever they go to him for, but you haven't seen anybody yet where it's a pupil. Yeah, and that's uh, if anything, the closest thing we had was Anthony Davis, or uh, in recent times, and he chooses the, to to roll with the big man now. You know, like look, like like just look at like you said, like the closest thing was AD. He took AD, he tried with Kyrie. Kyrie wasn't hearing it at first. Guess he wasn't ready for that yet. You know what I'm saying? And look, you got the best Anthony Davis you've probably ever seen in his career in the bubble. That's the problem, though. I think he peaked, and I think sometimes, I think sometimes that coaching, depending on the stage of your year, uh, part of your year, uh, part of your career, just the timing doesn't work. And I think that sometimes um, also personality-wise, because when Mike put uh, Kobe under his wing and put other players under his wing, you, you saw uh, they took those the good parts, um, mm-hmm. and they can handle some of it. I think for LeBron, uh, if he puts players under his wing, um, it may just be too big. It may be a different atmosphere. It may be parts of it that they yeah, well, there's no time. It. Well, there's no time to breathe. Like you said, you might have peaked too early because you're fucking playing two seasons, 
mean, everybody realistically is playing two seasons, but you're damn near playing the postseason the whole season before you get to the postseason playing with him. Yeah. Because look at a team who was just in fucking eighth place a few days ago who was getting more coverage than the fucking the top four seeds in the league every time they won a game. Yep. You know, so it's an immense amount of pressure playing with him. Um, but then it results in the championship. Some form of another, at least four times, it resulted in the championship. I think he's saving himself for his son. I think he's looking to coach his son. I think he's looking to to put that into his children. And I, I can't blame him for being more of a coach for younger players or putting players under his wing um, and saving himself for his children and, and the younger generation. If you're a kid coming up now. But these kids don't idolize you like they used to. They idolize you till they're 12, 13, and then they're looking to take you out. Well, there's no mystique anymore because you can you have access to their lives. It's not, like, to... it's not like it's not like before. You you, get, you see you got LeBron on the court, and then you get to see LeBron's life from your phone. No player that young, like Isaiah Washington, would have rushed at Jordan though. There was a respect and a fear that that was established. Maybe it was a mystique. Maybe it was because of lack of social media. Maybe it was lack of accessibility. Maybe it, it, it took more phone calls and less personal experience. But then no player, I think, would have rushed Michael Jordan like that at this age in their careers. They had guys who wanted to fight him before. I'm very confused. You mean like older Mike? Like older Mike. At 37, no one was trying to fight Mike. He wasn't in the league. Wizards Mike. No one was trying to fight Mike. Why? Nobody was. There was an air of respect. There was an air of mystique. There was something about that. There was. It but was, Mike it didn't was, cut anybody open either. And if he did, players would have been. Mike was in rarefied air on the Wizards. He was already established as the legend. It was a mystique about him that you don't touch. People still try to attack LeBron to this day. Because he's too nice. You haven't seen him throw a punch at anybody. Yeah. So when you get punched in the face accidentally. And get blood, you'll charge at him. I don't see anybody doing that to Mr. Well, Jordan. I mean, well, it's did you just say to Mr. Jordan? That's how I would have felt if it was it, Isaiah Washington would have called him Mr. Jordan. I mean, hey man, listen. Like I said, the man never threw a punch the whole career. No, no altercations. He always put his hands up. He always walked away. Um, so that makes you think in somewhat of a you know, oh, I could try him. You know. Maybe I could try. Maybe I could take him. Maybe you know he don't want to smoke. And that's uh, the worst thing players can do. And you can uh, you you accidentally got hit. <laughs> it opened Joe up pretty bad. But then, like I said, when that first happened, I said he Bron would look even worse because it's like a sixteen year age difference there. What if Bron puts his hands on him? He does defend himself the first time we see him whip out a kid. Yeah, <laughs> that's 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 what it's gonna that's what it's gonna turn into. Oh, LeBron's thirty six years old; he's old enough to be his dad, or whatever. Yada yada yada. He put his hands on this young kid. That's what it's gonna be. You don't win. You don't win. When I looked at it, I'm like, oh man, it's crazy. So, only person to defend would be uh, Kendrick Perkins. You know, uh, it was some type of Southern saying or some shit like that. But I knew, I knew right away. I was watching that game, and I was like, all right, I'm holding, waiting to buy the tickets to watch him play the Knicks. I didn't go to Survivor Series. All right, let me get ready to spend the money. Soon as he hit up, I said, well, I ain't going to that game. <laughs> I ain't going to that game. They got him. Remember, I sent it to y'all in the chat. I was like, yeah. oh, they got him. I was like, oh, they got him. They finally got him. He's finally got a blemish. They got him. 
They finally got him, you know, and that was by accident. So you can imagine if they would have actually went forth with a fight. Can you imagine if he <laughs> it goes and, and 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 strikes that kid, charges at him, and then they have like another little form of the malice, <laughs> and it's LeBron James led. Oh man, that should have been great. I would have helped his legacy, but you know what? Oh man, not needed at all. Not needed at all. Sometimes you gotta punch somebody in the face. No. Throw soup on them, something, man. You can't punch somebody's kid in the face. Sixteen uh, age difference. You got to, somebody. LeBron's just gonna start punching people's pops. <laughs> can't go there. LeBron's just gonna go into the stands. Oh my god, he punched Ray Young. Yeah, like, come on, he's still snuffing people's parents, man. That's, that it, shit it, might it, be high because because he's closer to their age than he is the kids that he's playing against. LeBron fighting your pops because he caught beef with you on the court is great. I think I might need that now. <laughs> Just start fighting legends and player and old players. Oh man. Oh well, I guess next week we'll start talking about All Star teams because this whole season's been fucked with the All Star rosters. Yeah, I cut that out. I cut that out. Now we'll wait till about. Do the second round of voting. Everybody start voting for your favorite players now. I think it still counts uh, as double. So if there's anybody you're trying to get in the all-star game, people, please vote for DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, without question, please vote for him. Please, please vote for DeMar DeRozan. Think twice. I know we love our Kyries. I know we love our Clay Thompson's. We want to see them in the all-star game. But think think logically. Please vote for DeMar DeRozan. Yes, please don't please, vote for Ben Simmons. Please, I don't care what Clutch tells you. Please, please, please vote for John Morant. I know we want to see Dame. Dame has not been that great this year, and that's due to injury and a bunch of other things. But please vote responsibly. Vote for John Morant. Vote for DeMar DeRozan. And if you're going to do that for yourself, just vote vote, both ball brothers if you want a good story. I was going to say something. Both brothers in the league. I don't think think they're going to – LaMelo's not going to start. No, no. I think both are going to hit the game, though. That'll be interesting if they do. I think they both have to be in the game. You think they both make it? You think, you think, I think, three you think you're going to get three Bulls are going to go in? I, I think three Bulls go in. Oh, they got the top record in the league, so it's I possible. think three Bulls. I think Garland makes it. Um, I think LaMelo makes it. But the good thing about the Ball brothers is they, they can play a, a bunch of positions in yeah. the guards. So you can you can mix things up. I think uh, Garland makes it. I think uh, both Ball brothers make it. I think three Bulls should make it. I think two nuts should make it, and then from there on, everybody gets one apiece. Mm. Yeah, that's that's where I'm going. I, I think there's some uh, there's some dark horses, um, the Sabonises and the Randalls. I don't know if they're gonna uh, quite cut it this year, but there are some spots in the four and the five that really need to be uh, filled up, especially probably, with using losing some players last year. Probably not. Probably not. That's definitely going to go to Tatum. Tatum, uh, I don't think Tatum and Brown both should make them. But what rookie Tatum, would you think? What rookie do you think you would see if a rookie were to make the All Star game this year? This year, uh, Mobley, if anybody. But after that, I don't really see anybody. Um, I'm gonna just say this Trey early. It's a little dicey. Shout out to Chris if this does happen. Um, Josh Giddy, he said Josh Giddy should be rookie of the year. We'll see. Coach Chris Pick. It's been pretty good too if you watch him. You know, he's not he doesn't do anything eye popping, but don't be surprised if that were to happen. If you those of you who know, you know. 
Keep on the lookout. Shout out to Coach Chris. Shout out to Tito. Tito, keep those streets clean. Safe. If I slip on a piece of ice, I'm blaming you. Going straight to you with the paperwork. Salt J. (laughs) We out of here. Oh, yeah, guys. Um, Shout out to the Almanac show. They just dropped another episode. Go listen to that. Um, Shout out to your brother. And I build machines on Instagram. If anybody needs a PC, um, please go holla at him. Holla at the dudester. Um, I've definitely done some business with him and very satisfied with the product that we received. Um, any information that you need or any questions, he's more than helpful. Um, more than happy to share his PC knowledge with anyone who has any interest. So, like I said, they go to Instagram, hit up I Build Machines. If you guys are looking for a PC, uh, Stevie, you got any shout-outs? For PCs, I Build Time Machines. Look for him on IG. He's answered every question you may have. He's had uh, multiple clients. Every client has come back happy. And to be honest with you, stop pretending like PlayStation and Xbox is your only viable option. There are multiple options in the, in the gaming industry. Uh, Currently, uh, I have a gaming PC, Xbox, and a PlayStation, and I'll tell you this. Um, PC gives you the most flexibility, and you guys working from home, look into it. Uh, upgrades, you can upgrade on your own. You can upgrade with the I build Time Machines. You can partner with them for your builds. It's a great device. Um, it's a great purchase, and I, I would fully recommend it. Um, same thing with the Almanac Show. Some of the greatest best, uh, wrestling insight I've seen in, in recent years and one of the better podcasts there. A lot of good news, a lot of funny shit going on over there. Uh, as far as shout-outs, that's really all I got. Jules. Honestly, if you down bad, talk to Jules. He'll tell you how to live through it. Speaking of down bad, if you guys have any appliances that need to be fixed, washing machine, air conditioners, refrigerators, I love our boy Verge, man. Verge do it all. Down bad appliances. Uh, he's definitely been on the show multiple times. Uh, keep a lookout for him, too. He's going to be dropping some music soon. You know, you guys, whenever you guys drop music, we will drop it on the show. You're more than welcome to come back to the show. Um, damn, everybody in Brywood is doing it all, man. Shout out, to, shout out to the neighborhood. Shout out to you if you're not doing nothing. Stay your ass home. Shout out to you not doing nothing. And don't touch nothing or nobody. Yeah, please don't. No Jules, means no. Jules, I got a bone to pick with you, man. That Daniel Bryan at number one is very biased. That is very biased. Very, very biased. So we'll talk about that off air. I don't know if you, you heard don't that, want me. He don't want me to get it. No, I didn't hear it yet. Oh, man, push me back a couple of episodes. Oh, I've been man. telling him I want to put my top five in there. That's all I got is the top five I've been building for the past maybe what six months oh, that since list. they put out the po- first that, pod that list is the most biased loyal shit I ever heard in my life <laughs> you know him you my man took his boy and leapfrogged him over five champions yes. his boy went to two promotions in the same year and no championship and put leapfrogged him over five of them that's loyalty man Man, man, got no wins, all draws all year. <laughs> draws and losses, and he leapfrogged them to number one. Yo, that's that's crazy. Yo. I ain't see that bias that much bias since LeBron went to Miami. That is crazy, bro. Oh man, I don't know if anybody. I don't know if anybody. <laughs> they made you what, look like a fair weather fan. Oh, by far. 
I don't know if you looked at it that way when you put that list together. But maybe now that that list is done and you hear this, I ain't see you that just much go, bye. You just go back. You just go back and, and just look at that. Stevie, when you get the chance, you'll hear it. And, you know, it can make sense. It could, it, 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 it could be. But when you look at the, the year everybody else had, and nah. to leapfrog him over five champions is crazy. R.J. Barrett's the greatest player in the NBA. That's all I'm going to say now. <laughs> if Jules can stick to that list, R.J. Barrett's the greatest player in the NBA. And with that said, I am out. We out of here. Putting a little overtime on a Sunday. Can't get a court podcast. It's really season. Uh, No, excuse me. It's really episode number seven. Uh, Wait till we get into midseason form. Let's go. We oh, midseason. Right. We halfway there. Yeah, you are, you're almost off COVID protocols. Uh, Dodge that. Omicron and stay safe, y'all. All right, we out.